Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Okay, 2.15 left in the second period. Coyotes leading the Maple Leafs 2-0. Yeah, late in the second period. Shots are just 12-11 in favor of the Coyotes. Also in the second period, Rangers lead the Ducks 3-2. Boston up 2-1 on Florida. Penguins have gone up 2-0 on Montreal. Malkin both goals now has three on the season. Canucks leading the Capitals 3-2. Red Wings and Kings are tied 2-2 in the first period. Colorado and Minnesota in a 1-1 tie. Kaprizov is second of the season for the Wild. Coming up in a few minutes, Jets at Dallas. And then later on tonight, Hurricanes at Seattle. The baseball game, well, it's still in a delay. So uh, we'll see if they get it in. Cleveland at the Yankees in Game 5. It's been delayed, uh, oh, heck, for about an hour and a half now. And the uh, Monday nighter, halfway through the first quarter, Broncos, who don't score a lot, have a field goal. Broncos lead the Chargers 3-0. Tomorrow on 6.30, Chet, 5.30 for the face-off show. The game is at 7. The Oilers will entertain the Buffalo Sabres. It is game three of the Oilers' six-game homestand. Reed Wilkins with you. Hope you're having a great Monday night. And I am pleased to welcome back to the show. Man, I love talking to this guy. Former NHL goaltender, now an outstanding broadcaster. It is Marty Baran checking in. Marty, how are you doing, sir? Well, Reed, I love talking to you too. So I'm happy to be on your show tonight. How is uh, how is your summer? Do you do? Are you like a golfer, a, a wakeboarder, a parasailer? Like, what do you do for fun in the summer? Okay, so golf is my fun summer thing, but unfortunately, I haven't been able to golf much the last two, three years. I got a son that's 18 now. He plays junior A in Ontario. I got three daughters that are 16, 14, and 12 that are heavy into uh, horseback riding competition in the summertime. So just so you know, I've got a truck that I bought last summer, and I've got already 51,000 miles on it, which is probably, what, 75 clicks uh, already in a year. So, yeah. So you are full-on uh, sports dad. How, what, what's the, so is it equestrian that your daughters do? Sorry if I misunderstood. Yeah, they do a saddle seat. Um, so they ride saddlebreds and Morgans. In a few different disciplines, my, my daughter does, the, my oldest daughter does the saddle seat um, equestrian, and then my middle daughter does the western seat equestrian, and then my youngest daughter this year for the first time is riding hackney ponies, um, so roadster ponies and hackney ponies. So it's, uh, it's fun. It's, it's busy. It's fun. They travel all over the U.S., uh, go as far as Oklahoma City, Kansas City, and on the East Coast, so uh, it's fun. Okay, I'm going to ask you this, because as you know, sometimes th there are some, some people, I, I still think it's the, um, a minority, but there are some hockey parents who give hockey parents a bad name. Are there those parents in, in that oh. equine world? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are those parents everywhere. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do. Uh, early, when my kids were young, my girls were young, they did cheerleading, there's these parents there. Uh, there's parents like that in the uh, horseback riding world. Um, there's parents like that in everything. I just went to a high school football game the other day, and uh, it was our team playing, you know, a rival team or whatever, and there was parents going at it in the crowd. I'm like, it's high school football, people, but it's just the way it is. Parents get very, very into it. And uh, so, yeah, they, they do give hockey a bad name, but it's just it's everywhere. 
Yeah, fair fair comment. And like I said, I still think it's a, a minority, but unfortunately, they they stand it out is. a little it's bit. It's a loud minority, right? <laughs> that's the way it is. Yeah, that's uh, that's cool. Okay, well, thanks for sharing that. I, I didn't know that about you. That's neat that uh, your kids have different athletic pr pursuits. So uh, we wish them all the best in that. Okay. Hey, let's switch to the hockey talk. I, I, you always have such great uh, insight in, into goaltending. Well, not just you know everything, but goaltending. We'll start. We'll start there. Uh, Jack Campbell was excellent in Game One for the Oilers. He gets pulled early in Game Two, four goals on eleven shots. To a man after the game, the Oilers said, "This is not on Jack. We hung him out to dry." Does that matter to a goaltender, or does getting pulled just feel awful regardless of how good or bad the team was playing in front of you? It always depends how you're getting pulled. There's some pulls that are almost like mercy pulls that you're like, please get me out of here. You're looking at you're looking at the bench of your coach, like hoping you can send messages, right? Get me out of here. And there's pulls that are because you're not playing well and you know you want to play well, and those those really stay with you. So, uh, and it doesn't really matter what people say and your teammates say. They're all going to come to you and say that's not your fault. Hey, keep your head up, whatnot. I think every goalies at that level, at the NHL level, they're their worst, own worst critics, right? They know when they play good and it's not their fault, and they know when they were bad. And usually they're harder on themselves than anybody else. So I think for Jack Campbell, and we've seen that with Toronto, we've seen that with everywhere he's been, he's pretty hard on himself. So um, even though the players on the order said that's not on Jack Campbell, we let him out, to uh, hung him out to dry, I'm pretty sure he's taking it hard uh, because that was his first battle of Alberta in Edmonton, uh, and he didn't survive right the first period. It was 4-1, and that, that wasn't good. Um, the other thing, though, with Jack Campbell is that it's early in the year. He's with a new team, and I've been saying it for a long time now goalies that join new team it takes them a while to get familiar with everything where are the shots and the chances coming from um, how are the defensive systems how are the special team systems and uh, your exchange with the d's like there's so much that comes into play that people think it's just stopping the puck yeah it's largely stopping the puck but there's other things that come in play Darcy Kemper last year is not really that great with Colorado in the first half of the season. Really turned it around in the second half. So I think for Jack Campbell, there's an adjustment period, and you saw it in the game against Calgary, against the Calgary team now that's beaten the Oilers and the Colorado Avalanche. Like, Calgary's good. Yeah, they are good. And I, yeah, I think they played a much more committed game against the Oilers as well. You mentioned Campbell and you're not the first person to tell me that, that maybe he has the reputation that he can be almost too hard on himself. Is it possible to, and he's, he's 30, so maybe it isn't, Like, but is it possible to change that mindset in your career? Because you can't beat yourself up all the time, right? Or, or can you and, well, and if channel it somehow? It's hard to change it because that's how he got to the NHL, by being hard on himself and always expecting, uh, you know, greatness or at least a level of expectations that you set for yourself. Now, I, I will say this, the opposite is not any better. Like, I was a guy that was pretty mellow, you know, and I was always like, okay, there's always tomorrow. There's always tomorrow today. Okay, it was great today, but I got to focus on tomorrow. It was bad today. I got to focus on tomorrow. 
And I remember my year with the New York Islanders. And my first game in Ottawa, we lose 3-2 in overtime. My second game, I don't remember where it was, we lost 3-1. And then the next game, we lost 4-3. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm playing pretty good, you know. And then you look at it, and you're like, giving up three and four and five goals in the NHL, that's not playing well. Like, I know the numbers, and there's more than just the goals against. There's the chances, high-danger chances, rush chances, whatever. But in the end of the day, it comes down to, are you winning games, and are you giving up less goals than maybe you should? Um, and I was like, eh, no big deal. It'll get fine. Like, having that approach is no good either. So you got to find the, the right balance between being uh, hard but just on yourself or just being mellow but not too mellow so there's a balance to find yeah yeah i like how you put that i also want to ask you and as you know rob brown and i work together and we do the uh, overtime open line show our post game show together after on mm-hmm. 6 30 chat after the games so Stuart skinner goes in for campbell plays really well stops 31 out of 31 in a situation in which he let in a goal it, it would have been pretty much the end of the game for sure at least he gave the others a chance but rob always says if you're the backup goalie that night and you have to go in something's gone wrong either your team's getting blown out or the, you're the starter and probably your buddy got hurt how, how did you handle go when you got put in when the starter got pulled did it feel like a like a no win or would you be like okay chance to be a hero how would you look at it hey you got to do your job and that's not the first time it happens and that won't be the last time the only year and this is a funny fun fact there's only been one year where I was part of a goalie tandem that no, at no time, at, during no games in the 82-game season, was the starter pulled. And really, it's technically it's not true because there was a game where Henrik Lundqvist, the second game of the season, I believe, in Edmonton, left early in the third period, but it was because his skates were killing his feet and he couldn't even stand on the ice anymore, and I went in to finish the game. But that season, the 2011-2012 season, with John Tortorella as your head coach, by the way, we went 82 games without getting pulled for performance or any other reason. The only time was Lundqvist in his case. So it, it's really rare that it happens. You deal with it. And I remember early in my career, I almost wanted to go in the game. Like, I'd give me a chance to play, right? Like, if I see it's 2 nothing, 3 nothing early, I was like looking over to the coach. Coach, put me in. Like, I'm ready to go. Later in my career, I was more like, okay, I want my start. I want to be able to not go in today because I'm scheduled to start Thursday, let's see. And, and, but if I go in right now and play 40 minutes, I may lose my start. So there's different ways to approach it, young, old. I would think that Stuart Skinner is ready to go. He wants to play. So, and it's nothing against Jack Campbell, but those things happen. I'm I'm glad you brought up that season. I didn't know that. That's an incredible fun fact. You and Lundquist combined for 10 shutouts that season. Marty, like your stats are really good. The only problem is you yeah. get overlooked because Lundquist stats are <laughs> like out of this well, no, world for that I season. I got overlooked. Lundquist was a Vesna Trophy winner yeah. that year. He was incredible, but... Think of this, like that's the, I I call it the John Tortorello effect, right? It was a lot easier to play on a team that just worried about blocking shots and defending well. Look, we had a good team that year. We lost in the conference finals to the New Jersey Devil. 
but we couldn't close out games. We won in seven against uh, Ottawa or Washington. Like we went seven, seven, and we'd had to win in seven in the conference finals too, because we were down three, two in the series, but like we couldn't close out games, but defensively it was great to play for. And I'm talking like torts with the flyers. Now look at like the first couple of games that they've played, like they block shots and they defend and that's the culture and all of it. So, for us, it was easier. Now, for the players, I mean, Brian Callahan, uh, Brian Boyle, you know, uh, Dan Girardi, Mark Stahl, like those guys, like it was tough on them because they were getting themselves in front of everything. Yeah. Marty Barrage joining us on Inside Sports, getting you ready for the Sabres and the Oilers tomorrow. Okay, so out of the gate here, like the Oilers, the Sabres are uh, are one and one. Um you know they've gone through a long playoff drought like the Oilers franchise uh, did until they ended it a few years ago. Um, I know it's very early. Um, oh, I will. I got to say this: one of the goalies is uh, one of the leading scorers on the Sabers because Eric Comrie got an assist <laughs> in the game he played. That'll, that'll be a fun sight. I mean, look, Cousins, Krebs, uh, Dolan, like some high picks here from recent years. Uh, you know, Thompson. I know he came from another team. He's still relatively young. Middlestat. H- how is the youth? on the Sabres here? Like, are they looking like they're on the verge of something or or how's it been? Well, I'll tell you this. There's even more youth that's coming because Owen Powers in his first season, he's only 19. Uh, J.J. Paterka and John Quinn, who were great in Rochester last year, they're on uh, the opening night roster. They played in both games. Peyton Krebs also is a young man that came in in a Jack Eichel deal that brought in Alex Stuck and, and Krebs. So, yeah, there's a ton of youth. And then you look at the players that had been already there for a little bit, Dylan Cousins. Great young player, young player, and I think he's going to have a fantastic season. Has looked good in camp, uh, in in the first two games so far. The problem in the first two games is that the Sabers had a 38 goal scorer last year in Tage Thompson. That doesn't look like he hasn't looked great in the first two games. He's with Skinner and Olafson. That line really didn't do anything. So. What happens in, in, in practice today? The lines were all shambled up. They were changed. Alex Tuck was on the top line with Thompson and Skinner. Uh, you had Vinny Henestrosa, who's been a healthy scratch the first two games that was in. Peyton Krebs was out. Now, Don Granado says, don't look into it. We just want to get ourselves, you know, some, some looks and, you know, it's practice. Now, I would assume that the day before a game, before you leave for the road, uh, the lines that you have on the ice are probably going to be your lines for the game. So if that's the case, Sabres are going to shuffle up lines on the road and try to see if they can get something better going because they got, they got two goals against Ottawa. They really won two to one against Ottawa, two empty netters from Victor Olsson, and they lost four, three to the Florida Panthers. Uh, but it was Zemgus Gergensen that scored. It was Rasmus Dahlin that scored. It, it, it wasn't like the top guys, right? So that's the problem right now in the early going for Buffalo. Okay, and I'll, I'll give you one more. We started on goaltending. We'll end on goaltending. Uh, Craig Anderson just keeps going, eh? And he, by the way, he, oh. he's got a pretty good record here in Edmonton. So pretty amazing guy. <laughs> he's amazing. Uh, look, I... I didn't really know him all that much when I played against him. And um, we got to interview him last week on Wednesday. 
Uh, and what a, a great insight he had on where he's at right now. He's, yeah, he said to us, it's funny, he said, I almost wish I was 10 years younger to be able to be with these guys a lot more. Because he's 41 years old. He's, maybe this is his last year. I don't know. Uh, he also talked about goaltenders that he watched growing up in Patrick Waugh and then Tuukka Rask and then working with uh, Thomas Vokun and working with Andrew Hammond. Like, he had such a great insight. It's, you show you see it in his game. He was so calm against Ottawa the other night that he made some two-pad stack saves, some poke check saves. He looked really good. Now, do you look maybe that much calmer against Ottawa than you would against the Edmonton Oilers? Possibly. Um, so if he's going to go against the Oilers tomorrow night, it possibly will be a, a bit more of a challenge for him. Eric Comrie lost to the Florida Panthers, but was really good. I thought he was the third star, even though he gave up four goals. So I, it's it's better in the in the crease for the Sabers. Uh, Uko Pekalukinen is in Rochester again this year. He had a really good camp, and obviously got Devin Levi uh, back in in college, right? But that's at least it's getting in the right direction with goaltending, which wasn't really the case. Um, you know, last year and the year before, they, they kind of went through, uh, you know, six or seven guys, which was no good. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Craig Anderson in 22 career games against the Oilers has five shutouts. So, yeah, he, he's... And the one, the big one was when he returned after he took a leave of absence and then his wife, Nicole, went through cancer treatment. And then his first game back was in Edmonton. I think he had a 37 uh, shot, uh, yep. save shutout that night. What, what a performance that night. And I think that adversity that he dealt and the the shock to his family i think that's really changed a lot of his approach to games and how he uh, he's become such a leader um i i just want him to succeed yeah hey marty this is fun uh, we always cover a lot of ground and you always have great stories and insights so i appreciate it enjoy the game tomorrow and i'm sure we'll talk again down the road man i love having you on the show uh, for us, it's uh, Sabres after dark kind of night with Oilers, Canucks, Vancouver, and then Seattle. So late nights for us on the East Coast. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> right on. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> Marty Baron checking in. 16 years as a goaltender in the NHL. Now a television analyst uh, for the Sabres on MSG Network. So some good insight for, for him. Sabres shuffling the lines. Yes, uh, all teams do it. And Craig Anderson, I, I mean, you got to put him in against the Oilers, don't you? 12-8-2. and two. So, you know, decent one-loss record, not hugely lopsided, but 12-8-2 against the Oilers in his career, 9-10 save percentage, 2.81 goals against average, but those five shutouts. So he's been spectacular against the Oilers at times in his career. That is tomorrow night. It's a 5.30 face-off show, and the game will be at 7 here on 6.30, Chet. Laddie Smead is coming up in the next half hour of the show. He's now with the Oil Kings. It's Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. <laughs> This is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chet. All right, so don't forget about this. This is super cool. We got our Loyal to the Oil contest 
active on the contest page on 630Ched.com. Nominate someone you know who is a huge Oilers fan. We're going to pick five people who will each get a pair of tickets to a suite for the game on November 28th, Oilers against Panthers. These winners will also get a pre-game behind-the-scenes tour of Rogers Place and a post-game skate. You have to get your nomination in before October 27th. Now, if you get your nomination in this week, you'll also be entered to win a pair of tickets to the Oilers game on October 22nd. And uh, we'll have this bonus prize winner announced on Friday morning. So that's pretty cool. Look for the Loyal to the Oil contest on the contest page on 630Ched.com. The Elks will play their final game of the season Friday against BC. Taylor Cornelius will not be the quarterback. Spleen injury against Toronto on Saturday. He was actually hospitalized after the game. The Elks saying earlier this morning he remains in hospital for observation and is expected to make a full recovery. We'll talk a little more about the Elks with Morley Scott coming up and also now on the Oil Kings staff, former Oilers defenseman Laddie Schmid. That's all ahead inside sports on 630 Chet.